1: Hello Bleeding Green Nation and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnas. Well it is Eagles Dallas week as you all know by now the Eagles getting ready to play a monster game against their hated division rivals on Sunday Night Football the eagles of course in first place here in a suddenly revitalized NFC East at 5 and 0 the cowboys come in after having lost their first game of the season to the Tampa Bay Bucks on a four game winning streak with new franchise quarterback cooper rush under center, still subbing for the injured Dak Prescott, and uh, like I said, the Cowboys have won four in a row. They are four and one coming into this huge matchup, and uh, the New York Giants, surprisingly, also at four and one. Let's pour one out real quick, too, for the Washington Commanders, who, uh, you know, with a huge victory over the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football, 12-7. to 7. Just a monumental performance by Carson Wentz and those Commanders to move two and four <laughs> to keep from getting buried alive here in the NFC East. But uh, I'm going to break this game down with RJ Ochoa, the managing editor of Blogging the Boys. He's also the host of a ton of podcasts, but the ones you should be paying the most attention to are the NFC East mixtape, as well as the Ocho and the SB Nation NFL show. So RJ, when we spoke before the season, uh, you were not the most optimistic Cowboys fan in the world. Um, I think it's safe to say you spoke for a lot of Cowboys fans when you were down on the team, and I think after week one, that was only reinforced when Dak Prescott got hurt and you lost to the Buccaneers. And I imagine that you're feeling a little better about things right now after Cooper Rush, new franchise quarterback, has <laughs> gone 4-0 to start the season here. How, how are you feeling? What's changed since last we
0: spoke? Well, John, it's great to be with you. See your bright, shining, beautiful face. Um, you know, I would say what was troubling about the week one loss was it was sort of the manifestation of of all the things that I talked to you about, right? The the lack of receiving options, having traded away Amari Cooper, the offensive line got beat up. They cut Lyle Collins. Um, Tyler Smith w- was not having the best start. Uh, Jason Peters was unavailable to them. I mean, all of the, the sins that they had committed over the offseason, so to speak, were really kind of rearing their ugly head. And I think what's changed is is they've buckled down um you know just to kind of cast a wide net you can certainly argue that they've they've played some down opponents i think that you could probably argue that for every team in the nfl right now Mm -hmm. although um after sunday you know life's a little bit different for dallas philly kansas city buffalo um you know not that dallas offensively is in that that realm right now but that's the thing like they've really surprised a lot of people and i think some of those problems still exist um but you know information changes data changes tyler smith has lo and behold, become a serviceable, more than serviceable starting left tackle in the NFL. Um, the defense has survived the inevitable regression as far as takeaways are concerned. Um, they've got more sacks, more pressures, more, more three and outs, things like that. Um, I think that there's still a question of wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb has had some suspect moments. He's had some great ones, um, but, but that is, is still a thing. Um, obviously it's kind of difficult to say, well, the offense worked out because we haven't seen, you know, this group with Dak Prescott really, you know, this season, you know, in general, Um, but they've they've done something that is really foreign to them. Uh, Mike McCarthy is now nine and seven in games without Dak Prescott. Hmm. Uh, Jason Garrett, not counting the interim year of 2010 when Wade Phillips was fired, had to coach 14 games without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott, and he won one of them. Um, so this is a really these, these are uncharted waters for the Cowboys to to survive and thrive, which is something Mike McCarthy did in Green Bay. He beat the Cowboys with Matt Flynn uh, in 2013, yeah. and and so. Um, he's somebody who doesn't get a lot of credit for what's happening, but I I'd say what
1: what's happening is, is the impossible. They are, they are pulling <laughs> off the impossible in a lot of ways. So have they earned their wins? I guess is a question, you mentioned they kind of have played some lighter opponents. And like you said, in the NFC, who, who is who is legit right now? I mean, I, th- I would have thought last week the Rams going into going into L.A. would have been a real hard one for the Cowboys. And it really ended up being kind of a comfortable victory. And, and maybe the Rams aren't as good as we thought they were going to be coming into the season. I don't know. What's your sense after that Rams win? Was that more the Cowboys really putting the pedal down or was that more maybe the Rams aren't all that good? Certainly both. Um,
0: You know, people really freaked out after the week two win the first one um, because Dallas beat the team that lost the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they beat the team that won it in the building that it happened. Um, And that's obviously a big deal on on the surface level. But you're right. I mean, even the week before the Rams looked a little bit suspect on Monday Night Football when they got just kind of thrashed around by the Niners. And so in that respect, you know, I picked the Cowboys last week. They were uh, five and a half point dogs and they're six and a half now at the time of our recording. And I, you know, it just kind of felt like you're capable of following that formula. You're capable of stifling this quarterback defensively and capable of doing enough offensively. And you can argue they didn't do enough offensively. Their first possession uh, came on the L.A. 20-yard line. They ran four plays, picked up five yards, kicked a field goal. Their lone touchdown was a 57-yard score by Tony Pollard. Um, but but they they did it again. They caught the appropriate lightning on offense. Um, and And they kept their all-world defense operating at an all-world level. I mean, that's something that, that is generally not stable or predictable um, or, you know, sustainable, but, yeah. but they have found a way for it to be. So, and, and that's been the difference. And, and so in a weird way, last week was kind of the most comfortable one they've had, even though it was kind of the most shocking at the same time.
1: I think the matchup of the game to me on Sunday night is how the Eagles deal with the Cowboys pass rush. Tell, talk to me a little bit about what they're doing scheme wise and really personnel wise. That's making them such a terror for quarterbacks right now
0: obviously Micah Parsons is is the headliner of the group, um, but, but he's like Justin Timberlake with like a qualified JC Shazay behind it, right? For like sure. there's yeah, there a lot of talented people um, in, in the group. Um, and that's, that's what's been different. I mean, I think every Eagles fan probably remembers the Sean Lee defenses for the Cowboys. That was very different. I mean, that was just Sean Lee and, and 10 dudes. Um, and so that's why when he was out, it was so difficult for them to overcome that. But um, but now, I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence is playing at an incredible level. Um, Dorrance Armstrong, the the free agent they signed after Randy Gregory left. I mean, they re-signed Dorrance, um, you know, is – is delivered. I mean, Dante Fowler has been a nice find. Sam Williams, their second round draft pick. They just have this platoon of pass rushers, and they're not having a blitz to get home. I think that's really what is is, is the difference here. Yeah. Uh, constantly just sending four and finding ways. I mean, and and they have so many pass rushers. Dan Quinn will line up four of them. I mean, he'll go defensive tackle this at different times, and mm. and they'll disguise. They'll you know bait you into into you know shifting to one side and just let Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence go at one side by themselves, and they can win that way. I mean, you know, you would think that that wouldn't be a responsible way to play, but Dan Quinn's kind of reckless in all the right ways. And so their superstars are playing like superstars. And if if that's happening on any NFL team, you're probably going to have some success in the process.
1: Now, one of the strengths of the Eagles is obviously, though, that front that that front five, that offensive line. And I know the injury issues have been a question mark, but it it looks right now as we're recording this late Friday morning, early afternoon Friday uh, before the game that uh, Jason Kelsey looks like he's going to play. Jordan Mailata is trending in that direction. So uh, the Eagles, if they have all of their starters in on the offensive line, is this the toughest test that the Cowboys have had this year? I think without question. Um, I mean, the
0: the Rams have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They're they're just coming off of that Cincinnati and everybody was high on and and that was early. Um, They've kind of been a little bit more exposed since then. Uh, This is this is the tallest order. This is the tallest challenge. It's the best offensive line they faced. It's the best quarterback they faced. Uh, You can make an argument uh that it's the best receiver pass catcher group, especially if you factor in Dallas Goddard. I think some people would still lean Cincinnati. Depends how you feel about, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd. Um, but but overall, I mean, it is by far the best offense that they will have faced. And and it's a it's a division rival. They know them, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, it's it's a measuring
1: stick game for them in a lot of ways. So last year, Jalen Hurts did not have a good game in Dallas against the Cowboys. And that's the only game he played against them. He didn't play in the last game of the season. That meant nothing. So how much stock would you put in that performance last year where he really threw the ball around a little bit, looked rattled? Dan Quinn seemed to have his number now that he has a a better supporting cast, as you just mentioned. I mean... You know, I I don't know anybody
0: whose takes have aged well on Jalen Hurts. Um, I know there are, like a lot of Eagles fans who who are you know trying to act like they knew this was was coming all along. <laughs> I mean, it, I I give him an enormous amount of credit, obviously, for for his development and his growth. But I mean, this this seemed impossible. I mean, I I, yeah. I can't say that I, I I'm you know not happy to be wrong, but uh, but I certainly am wrong and i mean aj brown is terrifying i'm not as afraid of devonte smith um i don't know why i don't know if it's like the the physical stature or the lack of it um that just is is sort of you know not intimidating but can still get you um I, I don't know the last time I was this nervous about an Eagles offense top to bottom. I, even mm. it, at the peak of the Carson Wednesdays, it was never, you know, it was like, okay, cool. Tory Smith. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, never yeah. something that like, or, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, like, you know, it's just, <laughs> uh, this, this feels very, very different. Um, this, this feels like you're, you're buckling down for a ride, but on, on the flip side of that, I've never felt like the Cowboys were as well prepared for it as they are right now. Now, you can't just play eagles offense versus cowboys defense and so that's where like my biggest concern is what what this cowboys offense has done a great job of is not giving their defense the short fields to protect they haven't turned the ball over they they've been able to just kind of get out of their own way um you know the the few scores this cowboys defense have given up have, have been in in these you know flash moments cooper cup had a 75 yard touchdown last week that was kind of the difference um but if it's if it's a normal kind of straight up game or proposition i trust the dallas defense in a lot of ways
1: so Dan Quinn can take one thing away from the Eagles offense. What's the one thing he's looking to take away? One aspect of the Eagles offense he's looking to take away? Um
0: you know, I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background barking. He's been no, um no. Been, been very proud of uh he's it, there's the male is here and so he is uh oh, it better chance. be something amazing that they delivered. It. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, it's been that obnoxious. It's the chewy order um, you guys put in. Yeah. I hope so. Um you know, <laughs> but um I would say Jalen Hurts' mobility because that, that's where the Cowboys have been most susceptible. Daniel Jones is is sort of a sneaky mobile quarterback. Yes, he is. And he was able to, to keep drives alive. He was able to sustain drives against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Uh and that game was close. I mean, it wasn't until, you know, late in the third quarter, second half that 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 game kind of, you know, became comfortable for Dallas. And so if if you can keep him in the pocket, I mean, I think you can trust your your not your, your your you know blitz pass rushers, but I think you can trust your pass rush as a whole to get home. And Dan Quinn will blitz. I mean, I want to be very, very clear; he's just very calculated about it. it. It always does kind of seem to come at the perfect time, perfect opportunity. Uh, but but Jalen Hurts getting out of pocket, I think, is something that, that could be terrifying, just because you mitigate a lot of disaster on, on the Eagle side of things. And so um, that's that's their biggest challenge. They've they've struggled in that department. That's the only kind of that's their Achilles' heel defensively. And so Jalen Hurts um, is is quite a mobile quarterback, and he can he can change that that script very.
1: quickly. and we know that if the Eagles passing game falters they do have a running game that they can go to Miles Sanders has had a couple big games and I know Dallas has uh, maybe not been as strong on the run uh, especially kind of up the middle which is where the Eagles like to do it Uh, and they use Jalen Hurts in that way too so um, yeah if I'm Dan Quinn I'm not sure exactly which I'm what I'm taking away first and you know as you turn the ball and look at the offense now you mentioned the fact that the offense is You know, it's not a prolific offense with Cooper Rush there. I think certainly if Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback, um, you feel better about your opportunity to keep up in a high-scoring game. But I don't think that's what we're looking at here in this game. So you've got Cooper Rush. He's been very good at not turning the ball over. How has the offense actually looked with him at quarterback, though? Um. It exists. I
0: mean, like, I know it's, 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 <laughs> it's tangible, they right? They run like, plays and stuff. Yeah, right. I get it. It's it's three dimensional. Um, I mean, and it's, it's not, you know, it, it, this is such a like unfortunate conversation because there's so many people out there. I know you see this and, and have some fun with it, but like, there are people who believe he's he's a more functional quarterback than Dak Prescott. And mm-hmm. so to disprove that, you have to highlight how poorly Cooper has played or how, you know, not as efficiently as possible Cooper has played, which is, you know, the guys won four games in a row right now. I mean, like he deserves his flowers. Um, they are very limited. Now, to be fair, the Cowboys are not afraid. That's really what separates them from Jason Garrett's staff in the past you know, in the, in those times without Tony Romo, um, he never had to coach with that deck, but um, Dallas would kind of go into a shell. They would, they would just turtle up and just let's, let's just hope let's just run the ball three times and, and hope we move the chains and, and hope we survive. They're not afraid to let Cooper step up in the pocket and make some big plays, make some, some big time moments happen. Uh, they did that against the Bengals. You, you could argue that that kind of kickstarted this whole thing. Um, but you know, they've, they've been very calculated about the risks they've taken. They've gone for it on, on two fourth downs in, in this, mm particular little stretch but they've converted both of them um and you know cooper has uh, been very lucky you know you could argue he had two interceptions that were saved by penalties against the commanders he put the ball on the ground twice against the rams and once recovered it himself uh the other time tyler smith did um you know he has had some drops happen cd lambs had some critical drops michael Gallup's had some critical drops and so you know that 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 goes both ways and so um I mean, they're, they're not incapable. I mean, you know, I'm not saying this, this is what we saw on Thursday night with Chicago. This is not even Denver with Russell Wilson or Indianapolis. I mean, I do think Cooper rush is, is he's certainly proven me wrong, um, which I'm very happy about, but I, I don't know that. I think that, you know, this can, this is an offense that can march up and down the field multiple times. It's capable of doing that, you know, once or twice and maybe pulling off a miracle field goal that you might need. Um, But, but, you know, it could be contained. And it all boils down to his pass catchers, too. I mean, how much help is he getting? There isn't a lot happening in that department. They had a miracle third-down conversion last week. Michael Gallup had this insane, acrobatic, falling-out-of-bounds yeah, yeah. catch. Um, and so, like, does that – can you count on that on third and long, you know, week to week? Um, so, those those – he's got a lot of miracle moments. I mean, you know, if you want the Powerball numbers, Cooper Rush has him right now. He's riding that high.
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned the offensive line at the top of the – at the top of the show, too, here. Uh, can they protect him? I mean, I know with – uh you know with tyron smith out you know how is the line holding up your old buddy jason peters is there saying lots of things this week you know i mean it's uh he's been interesting but you know he's gonna get and i know he's injured too so um what is the status of the offensive line right now can they protect him against this eagles pass rush
0: they're they're quietly one of the strengths of the team i mean they're yeah, they don't match the same level of strength that the defensive side of the ball as a whole provides, but they've been really stable, which is, you know, that's something I, th- I think that, you know, I'm certainly willing to eat some crow on. Tyler Smith has has been a revelation. Yeah, He got worked by Aaron Donald, but OK, cool. What a he loser, doesn't. you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I do think Jason Peters is going to play, which, you know, their their weakest spot has been at left guard. And I know uh, every Eagles fan told me that, that Peters was going to get hurt and was going to be terrible at guard and all sorts of things. He's been. He's been serviceable. He's been fine in the very limited action that he's seen there. He's been an incredible mentor to Tyler Smith, which has been a really valuable thing. And other than that, I mean, Terrence Steele, the right tackle who the Cowboys chose over Lyle Collins has been very solid. Tyler Biadish, their third year center, who they only were able to draft thanks to a draft, they trade with the Eagles uh, in 2020. I mean, he's been pretty solid all the way overall. And, and Zach Martin is Zach Martin. And so, I mean, you know They're not the Cowboys offensive line of old. They're certainly not on the level that this Eagles offensive line is when they're fully healthy, um, but they're, they're league average right now. And I think that that seemed impossible, um, you know, four weeks ago.
1: And last thing on the running game too. Tony Pollard looks electric this year. I mean, he's like, you've mentioned before that he looks like he's the better runner between he and Ezekiel Elliott and I, I just have nightmares of those two guys combining for like 150 yards on the ground in this one. Um, how have they looked? How has Dallas been utilizing their running game so far?
0: They've lived up a little bit to their word uh, in terms of involving them both, involving Pollard Moore. Um, you know, last week, Zeke, you know, was, was involved a lot in, you know, it just is it's kind of game to game. But, but Pollard has had three explosive plays in three of these games. He had a, a big 46-yard gain that he took down to the one-yard line against the Bengals. Um, he had the big 40-yard run that everybody saw him on the night football against the Giants. Um, Dallas only wound up settling for a field goal there. And then he had a 57-yard touchdown run against the Rams on Sunday. So, I mean, those three runs have have, you know, been 17 of their points in this you know points are really precious for the cowboys offense right now um and so he i, I hate to like call him a home run hitter that that feels you know like i'm, I'm putting him in too small of a box because he's yeah. physical i mean his, his yeah. 57 yard run last week i think everybody saw him him get you know kind of you know tough and gruff on um and, and so i mean they're they're not afraid to lean on their run game um and i i you know they use them both at times simultaneously. Um, you know, they're not afraid to do that. But it is kind of a one series belong, one possession belongs to this guy type of thing. They truly are um looking for your, you know, cliche, get the fresh guy in there type of philosophy. Uh, but they they are timing it very well. I mean, you know, again, they're they're really, really walking a fine line here with a lot of things, uh, but it's working. And, you know, again, the quality opponents, all the the ways you can kind of poke holes in it. But right now they they've got, you know, you ever like um like play a video game or something and there's like something hectic happening and you have to kind of lose focus to stay yeah. focused. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the way they are. And the moment you like focus, you actually like dial in your vision is when you lose it. <laughs> uh, and and they're, they're just kind of living in that
1: haze right now um, and hoping it lasts another week. Well, I think these are the best teams either of these teams have played yet this year. Um, and it'll be a real challenge. I know it's uh, fortunate for the Eagles that they're playing at home, but sometimes in a primetime game against a a really good opponent, that backfires on you. You're you're trying to play to expectations. You get down early. Some things happen. Um, So let's do prediction time here. I I think, RJ, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think... Teams are going to be scoring in the 30s on this one. I I have the Eagles winning this one 24-20 because I I love the Dallas defense. I think they're going to make life difficult for Jalen Hurts. I think this could look like an ugly passing day for the Eagles, Um, but I do like the fact they have their running game to lean on, and I get the feeling that it's going to come down to that at the end of the game and the Eagles being able to run the football and kind of take some time off the clock and eat up some chunks and Jalen Hurts with some back-breaking third-down runs here and there. Uh, How do you see this shaking out? I mean,
0: Dallas is susceptible there. So I think that's a great point. Washington kind of abandoned that in the second half of their game against them. Um, the Rams never attempted that, which was strange. Um, you know, the the line I've used all week has been that I didn't come this far to not pick the Cowboys. And so I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, uh, but I do, I think the recipe is the same. Like, I don't think this is the, you know, Cooper Rush wakes up and throws five touchdowns game, right? Like this, yeah. this has to be the same sort of win that they, I think they, they have to get, but whether it be a defensive score outright, some sort of turnover, you know, at the Eagles 23 yard line, like you, you've got to find ways to to so, sort of cut some corners in this game, I think if you're Dallas, but again, as, as difficult of a proposition as that is, they've kind of done it with regularity. And, and so you're, you're not necessarily expecting it, but you know that they sort of have that gear that they can flip or, or, or switch into um, and kind of pull something off. I, I trust Micah Parsons. I trust DeMarcus Lawrence. I trust Trayvon Diggs. I'm not, afraid of you know and and i say this not out of disrespect but you know so many people are like well what if darius slave follows C. D. Lamb? cool i mean you think cooper rush has thrown this ball 30 times like you know i'm not <laughs> you know, like I, that's yeah. that's not really anything that that really concerns me at this point um i i think that you know i've long said that if you can get 53 guys to believe that the sky is orange then the sky is orange right like in that room and that's really what matters and i think that for now the cowboys you know think this guy is orange i think that they've bought all the way into whatever you know kind of crazy chaos they're living in they really have adopted this us against the world i loved everybody love mccarthy's underdog line a week ago mm-hmm. i think that you know they're kind of i would be nervous about that i would be nervous about the line if i was an eagles fan contributing to like bulletin board material whatever and i think you know something i've said a little bit this week is like what i have always been afraid of and this is a, a regular thing especially games in philadelphia is the eagles have always been the the tougher team the grittier team yeah. the team who's who's willing to you know scratch and claw and fight and roll up their sleeves whereas no, I wouldn't say that I've ever felt the Cowboys are front runners but they've always been the teams sort of expected to win the team like coming from the top and and it's easier to take shots from the bottom and it kind of feels like those roles are reversed it yeah. feels like there's so much pressure on the Eagles to win and to prove you know especially if it is Cooper Rush you you can't you can't lose you can't lose right. you can't you do this at home you can't have your first loss be to the Cowboys you can't go into the bi like there's so many can'ts that if Feels like the Eagles are fighting off coming off that loss last week, or not lost last week, that almost lost. Yeah, I just I I love this. Is if if I had had to have crafted a way to catch the Eagles, so to speak, it would have been this. So yeah, I think this is the most positive energy the Cowboys can have going into this. And um, yeah, I mean, live in the haze, quit, don't focus your vision. And um, I think it's low scoring too. I think it's like 22-19, 22-16, uh, maybe a game-winning field goal. Uh, but I would definitely take the under.
1: Well, I, I think. The Eagles are obviously going to try and change the color of the Cowboys' skies uh, on (laughs) Sunday night, and uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a tense game going back and forth, and we'll see which which team ends up on top. Folks, to keep an eye on the enemy, make sure you're reading everything RJ and the folks at Blogging the Boys are doing over there at bloggingtheboys.com, and check out all the podcasts that he's on, the Ocho, the NFC East Mixtape, and the SB Nation NFL Show, as well as many others. Follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. RJ, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks a lot, John. I do hope the Phillies win, in all sincerity, because the Braves uh, beat my Astros in the World Series.
1: Yeah, let's get our teams in the World Series together. Let's let's do that, and then we can, you know, then we can declare war. But in the meantime, <laughs> let's let's do this for each other. Yeah. And, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Again, a big game coming up here on Sunday night. And uh, make sure you're reading bleedinggreennation.com each and every day for the latest news, notes, and rumors involving your Philadelphia Eagles. And catch up on all the other great shows we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. and